0: You are tuning in to the True North Church Podcast. Our prayer is that you would be inspired and encouraged by today's message. For more information about True North Church, please visit us online at truenorthak.org. My name is Jen and please don't forget to connect with us because that's actually what I get to do here. One of the things is I get to connect with first time visitors, people that accepted Jesus for the first time or rededication, baptisms, grow track, And I also get to run our school leadership, so if you're interested in any of those things, please come talk to me afterwards. I would love to talk to you. But today, I get the privilege of sharing a word today about global missions. I mean, who doesn't like to talk about missions? I'm just telling you, as someone that gets the privilege to communicate the Word of God, there's, there's only one other thing that trumps missions, and that's a, a message on pure just salvation. Let me just tell you. Like, it's just amazing. So today, we're going to be talking about missions and our role in God's world. But I don't know what comes to your mind when I say the word missions Um, From our military families, they probably understand more than most what it means to go on a mission, right? Or to be part of a mission, you know, but for me, I didn't really grow up in the church, but I did have exposure to Christianity through my grandmother. So shout out to all the grandparents out there. I'm a result of my granny for sure. And she brought me to her little Baptist church and there was a missionary there. And I don't know why I think this. But it may have been, maybe he was from Africa, but I've always had, when I was younger, I thought missionary meant you're in Africa and a dirt hut, you know, like a floor, dirt floor hut and eating bugs. I don't know. Anyone else ever think that is with a missionary? Yeah, I'm like, that's it, you know. And maybe this guy that came to my granny's little Baptist church, maybe that was his story. But what I do remember is just being so blown away by this man standing up in front of a church talking about his experiences on the foreign mission field, showing pictures, and even as a little girl, I was like, I wanna be a part of something like that. That is awesome. Okay. And then fast forward to when I was in my early twenties and uh, my husband and I were on staff at a church in Austin, Texas. It was our first uh, church to be a part of uh, an assembly of God church. And they had something called a missions banquet. Anyone been around the assemblies of God long enough to remember missions banquets? They're awesome. All right. So we would have this banquet where all of these uh, missionaries that we support as a church would come and share their story. And then we, as a congregation, would make what we called a faith pledge you know and as a young newly married couple I was so uh, excited to see God show up in that way I mean like we really prayed like God what do you want us to give to missions this year it was so cool to see God show up every year and out out bless us, right? He just blessed us so much that we were able to, to give above and beyond that faith pledge for missions. But at that particular banquet, I just remember there was this lady. Her name was Jennifer and I remember that because my name is also Jennifer, all right, you get it? So that kind of stuck in my brain. And then uh she was a nurse, which at that time I was in the medical field. So I was like, oh okay, I just got my attention. But we were praying for her to be a missionary in Egypt through her nursing field. Because Egypt was a closed country, and so they were, uh, we were praying for her to have influence in that that job as a nurse to bring the light of Jesus to the people in Egypt, and my mind was blown. Like, what? It's not just going to Africa, living in a dirt floor hut and eating bugs. Like, she's going as a nurse, and then I started thinking, wait a minute, I could do that right where i'm at right like i was like man i'm gonna look at my patients a little bit differently i'm gonna i'm gonna pray before i walk into the room i'm gonna pray for my patients i'm gonna pray for opportunities to witness not only to the people that i was working with but the people i was working alongside of because that is truly what missions is. It's us being intentional and looking around. And so today, we're gonna to talk about uh, global missions, and it's one of the things, you know, You sometimes we walk in and we just, we get so familiar with our surroundings, we, we don't even notice things that are around us. And so we have these these pillars on the wall that we just hold truth, you know, Bible Church, Spirit-filled Church, Family Church, but the, the three right there, a church for our city, a church for our state, and a church for our global, for glo- global missions, those are intentionally going out of our familiar, you know, circle and going outside the box and being a light to people in a dark place. Not just our in our, in our city, but in our state and in our world. And so we're. We, I'm gonna share with you five points today or uh, statements, if you will, that True North holds dear when we're talking about missions. So number one, the first one is the supreme task of the church is to evangelize the world. So God only has one mission, and his mission is to save the loss. In fact, his one mission is is even more personal than that. His one mission is to have a relationship with you not just on this planet, but for all eternity. And that's what was intended in the garden right? And we kind of messed it up a little bit, but his mission has not changed. He just sent Jesus so that you and I could still have a relationship with him. That's his mission. That will be his mission until, you know, Jesus decides to come back and take us all, you know, to live out that mission for all eternity. But missions is our deliberate decision to partner with God's mission because we are all called to partner with them. In fact, if we even go to what Jesus said in Mark 16:15, it says, he said to them, go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. You know what the Greek word uh, for all is, it means? all <laughs> it just is all it still is the same it means all there's no like oh what does that really mean What is he meaning you know no it's all okay he's he's saying all people all creation that's his mission all right and then if you go on to Matthew 28 verse 19 at the end of Matthew 28 if you've been in church circles at all we know that passage of Matthew 28 as the great say it Commission, what is that? That's meaning that we are commissioned. We're co-partnered with Christ to make disciples of all nations. That's what Jesus said as he was getting ready to leave this planet. He directed that mission to his disciples. That's their mission. That's the mission after. That's your mission. That's my mission. That was your great-great-grandma's mission. That's your great-great-great-great-great-grandchildren's mission until Jesus comes back. That's the assignment that we have is to partner with Jesus. And, you know, back then, it may have been a little hard for them to grasp that mission of all. You know, because Jesus, when he was walking around, he really was. You know, he was Jewish, so he was, like, going to the synagogues, reaching the Jewish people. His disciples were Jewish. And that was their understanding at first. And then if we look in chapter uh, 14 of Acts, Paul is talking, and he's talking to the Jewish people. And this had to, like, mess with them because it says for the lord god gave us this command when he said i've made you a light to the gentiles and to bring salvation to the farthest corners of the earth and back then they were like what you say what no we are the chosen you aren't going to go talk to them and so what paul is saying in that is like we're not only talking to you We're talking to the Gentiles who you do not like, but even people that you haven't even met yet, don't even know about. That is who God is calling us to go to, preach his message. And that is still the thing that he has called us, you and I, to do today. People that you may not like, you may not even know, but you have a mission on your life to reach those that don't know him. Number two, fields are white unto harvest. You ever have one of those days? where you feel like you're doing everything? Like, I mean, you know, you're like, man, if someone could just look up for a second and realize what I'm doing over here and help me out. Anyone ever been there? Like you feel like you're just doing everything? Well, when I was reading this passage in chapter nine of Matthew, I felt like Jesus was having one of those days. I mean, just take a gander, you know, at that whole chapter, because it starts out with him uh, healing a paralyzed man. And then it, right after that it says, and then he saw Matthew the tax collector, and he's like, hey, I'm having house, I'm having dinner at your house, and that was a whole mess because he was a tax collector, and people were like, oh, why are you messing with him, right? And so then he went and had dinner with Matthew, and and called him to be his disciple. and It says right after that, the leader of the synagogue came and said, my daughter is sick, can you come and pray for her? And Jesus like, yeah, no problem. So Jesus is on his way, right? And then on the way to 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 pray over this little girl, he's interrupted by the woman that's pushing through the crowd and touches the hem of his garment right and she's healed from the issue of blood and Jesus stops and looks at her and has this whole conversation with her about her healing, and then he continues on his way, finally gets to the house, guess what, the girl ain't just sick, she's dead, he's like, ah, uh, everybody move out of my way, she's not really dead, she's just asleep, he raises her from the dead, and then it says he goes out afterwards, and there's two blind men following him, and he, they follow him all the way in the house, and he turns around, and he goes, do you want to be healed, all right, fine, boom, and so he heals them, and then right after that it says he heals a paralyzed man, so all that happens, and then he says this phrase to his disciples at the the end of chapter nine, he says, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who's in charge of the harvest and ask him to send more workers to his field. I just feel like Jesus was like, yo, look around. Like, do you not see what I'm doing? There's not a lack of people. I just need a little bit of help. And that is exactly what he's saying to you and I. Look around. The harvest is white, there isn't a lack of people that need help. There's not, I mean, you know, I, I'm just blown away, honestly, every Sunday. You know, you see us coming up here and, and, and allowing people to come up and, and we want to partner with people to pray. And there's not a Sunday that goes by. And I, I know that every pastor can testify that there's not something that's heavy. It's not just like, just pray for me it is heavy things so even in our congregation we are not lacking in needs to to know who jesus is and that he can show up and change a situation forever right and so there's not a lack of needs and then even further in in john chapter 4 verse 35 here's jesus again he's saying you know the saying four months between planting and harvesting, but I say, wake up and look around. The fields are already ripe for harvest. He says this to the disciples right after he has an encounter with the woman at the well, who she's just going along with her ordinary task, getting water, and up comes Jesus, right? And he ends up speaking so much truth into her life. Her life is radically changed for all eternity. And then the disciples come up and that's a statement that he says, again, We need to open our eyes and look around. Stop asking, What do you want me to do, Lord? And just look around because there's no lack of needs around us. Have you ever been to the grocery store and you're just so irritated because it's so crowded? Do you know? Like, I just get irritated because I'm in a hurry and uh, I'm just being truthful with you. And, uh, you know, sometimes the Lord will just drop this in my spirit and be like, Why don't you look around? How many people do you think that are walking around this grocery store with you right now actually know who I am? And then my heart will just break because statistically, there's not a lot probably in my Fred Myers trip that know who Jesus is. There's a few, but the most majority probably don't know. Now, the, the, the problem or the, uh, the risk that you might take by opening your eyes and looking around might mean that you have to do something. I know... That's scary, right? I'll just pray over here. You know, my husband and I were youth pastors in a little island community in Wrangell, Alaska for 13 years, and you know everybody there. Everybody, their mama and their dog. I mean, like, you just know everybody, okay? And so I'm in this grocery store, and uh, here's this lady, and I, I know I know who she is. I know, I know what she believes. I know she's not a believer, I know her lifestyle, um, and I also know that she's got an injury on her knee, okay? and she's not working, and I'm like going down the first aisle, and I'm like, there she is, and the Lord's like, you need to pray for her, and I'm like, mm-mm, I am like i do not think so, you know, and so then I'm going down the next aisle, and there she is, and she's just there, every time I turn around, she's there, and it I mean, the impression just got stronger and stronger, ever been there, and you're like, I'm just gonna ignore that, you know, mm-hmm, do my grocery shopping, well, I happen to have two teenagers with me, and I was in youth ministry, so on top of like, you know the lord i was also being convicted like you need to be an example to these teenagers right now of what it looks like to follow me in obedience i was like oh, okay so i'm like checked out completely like i'm already checked out and i look at these teen- teenagers and i'm like oh, all right we're gonna leave the groceries here y'all follow me i gotta do something so i find this lady and i walk up to her and i said hey you know because it's awkward you no, real i mean let's be honest it's awkward to walk up to somebody even if you know them and say Hey, uh, I know this is (laughs) strange, but um, the Lord was just highlighting you to me. And I I just want to know, would you allow me to pray that the Lord would heal your leg right now? And I really thought she was going to curse me out. Because, again, I know this lady, right? And she's like, oh, yeah, absolutely. And she laid out her leg like that. And I was like, okay, girls, here we go. You know, like, let's pray. And I would love to tell you. That you know, she took that you know bandage off and just went skadoodling out of that store. But that's not what happened. But what did happen was two days later she private messaged me and said thank you for praying for my leg i'm able to go back to work so god may have not done it right then but he did do something now did she come to jesus you know i don't think so but she did have an encounter with the lord that day and you know what god also did something in me that day you know so it's not always about the other person sometimes he just wants to use you you know there was this uh, evangelist that came and spoke to her youth and in wrangle and and he was like You know, I've never really, I've never raised anyone from the dead, you know, but I know I will never see it happen if I never go out there and pray for it. It's like, I may have not seen that, that meal healed, but I will never see it if I don't step out and be obedient to God. And you never know what God's doing on the other end of that, of the heart of the people that he sends you to number three, the church that does not evangelize will fossilize now I like to look up definitions. I know we all know what a fossil is. We all had science class. But for me, I like to look up a definition because it just kind of gets in my spirit and I like, God like spiritualizes it for me. So here is the definition of a fossil. Any preserved remains, impression, or trace of any once living thing from a past geological age? Did you hear that? Any trace of any once living thing? Let them never say about us. Let them never say about True North Church. That used to be, uh, that, that church over there, they used to be like doing stuff, man. But, you know, they're not really, they're not really active anymore. Or she used to be on fire for the Lord. You know what she's kind of kind of walked away let them never say that about us do you know in judges chapter 2 verse 10 it says after that whole generation had gathered to their fathers another generation grew who neither knew the lord nor what he had done for israel do you know what generation they're talking about they're talking about joshua's generation joshua who walked with Moses? Joshua who saw the miracles in Egypt? Joshua, who saw the water parted and they walked on dry land. Joshua who took over the leadership after Moses, marched around Jericho, saw walls fall down. Come on. He saw the children of Israel be led into the promised land, that Joshua and all of his generation after them did not know after they died, did not that generation after them, did not know God or what he had done we have a responsibility to tell the next generation after us or this will be our story as well we are just one generation away from people not knowing who god is or what he has done that's why we sing what we do i love the song we sung this morning about what you know he parted the sea and fire came down we need to talk about those stories that's why we believe in kids church and youth ministry so that they can hear the stories of god and you know what they also need to hear your story I had a girl that I, I did life with in Wrangell and um, she had a teenager, and she did not want to tell her teenager what her life was like before Christ, and she had a rough life, really rough life. She had done some stuff, you know what I mean? And she was like, I don't want them to ever know that. They need to know that. Your kids need to know the stuff that you have walked through and that God has brought you out of. They need to know that God is a powerful, moving, living God, able to save them from anything, right? And I think about, you know, I spent 12 12 hours, thank you. Uh, I I spent 12 hours with uh, Pastor Rob's wife over the weekend. We went to Anchorage and back, and uh, you know, she's a counselor. So I just like that, you know, and I ended up telling my whole story. I don't know. You ever overshare? That's how I felt. But anyways, uh, and then she just looked at me because I mean, I, I mean, I have a testimony, you know, I'm not gonna, I don't have time to share it right now, but she just looked at me and she's like, Jen, you are a miracle. And I was like, is because of God <laughs> that I am who I am standing up here my story could be so different but we need to know we need to tell the next generation that there's nothing there that our God can't do and free them from right we have a responsibility but when we just fossil you know we we just focus on ourselves and become fossilized and we like us for no more then we end up being just like a country club and we were never meant to be a country club we are a hospital for the sick right and we were made to do battle for people and maybe they don't even know it you know before my daughter came to Christ she went through I mean I have pastors kids okay but I still had a daughter that said I don't want anything to do with Jesus thank God she loves him now but I just remember when she wanted to go somewhere and I was like man I know you don't understand it right now, but I'm not going to let you go there because you don't know how to battle the enemy. And it's our job to stand in the gap and battle the enemy for a world that they don't know. They don't know, but you know, and I know. And God created us for those types of things to push the kingdom of God forward and take back the land of the enemy. Number four, only as the church fulfills her missionary obligation does she justify her existence. You ever heard of the story of Zacchaeus? Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was, come on, my Sunday school people, Anyway, Anyways, all right, Zacchaeus, he was this man in Luke chapter 19 that he wasn't a godly man, right? He was a tax collector, so he was despised, corrupt, a thief, all that stuff, but he just knew, I need to see this man, Jesus. He climbed a tree just so he could see him, and Jesus stopped the busyness of his day, took time, looked up on that tree and said, Zacchaeus, I'm having dinner with you tonight. And he did. And look what happened as a result of Jesus encountering Zacchaeus. In verse 8 of Luke chapter 19, it says, this is Zacchaeus talking. I will give half of my wealth to the poor Lord. And if I have cheated people on their taxes, I will give them four times as much. Now, come on, somebody you know when your when your text when your checkbook gets saved right you are really saved right your finances i mean if i cheated somebody i would be like i'm sorry i'll pay you back but he's like four times four times as much and then jesus says this he says salvation has come to this home today for this man has shown himself to be a true son of abraham and then verse verse 10 this is the punchline for the son of man came to seek and save those who are lost. Let me ask you something, or let me tell you something, and then I'll ask you, right? Uh, Never underestimate the power of a coffee date or a dinner date, right? I mean, Jesus said, I'm gonna have dinner with you tonight, and then he encountered the living God. When's the last time you took a coworker that you knew was struggling with something out for a coffee? or ask somebody that you know maybe thinks differently than you politically to your house for dinner. Not to tell them that they're going to hell, not to try to preach to them, but just to let the living God that lives inside of you that has the power to raise Christ from the dead be present and change someone's life forever. You have no idea what God is already doing on the other end in someone's heart, but we are called to just be faithful. And provide opportunities. We don't save anybody. And I just love that there's no pressure on us, right? I just got to show up or invite someone here and let Jesus do the rest. It's not our job to save people, He already did it. But He asks you and I to partner with Him to provide spaces for people to encounter Christ. We are called to be Jesus with skin on to people outside these four walls of this church. Number five we must take the whole gospel to the whole world now in one acts 1:8, in assemblies of god church or pentecostal churches we like to quote this a lot and it's on the day of pentecost you know for you will see receive power when the holy spirit comes upon you and you'll be my witnesses in jerusalem Judea, samaria and the ends of the earth right we like to we like to quote that and a lot of times we're like oh I, I need that so that i can be a better christian or i i, I need that so that I, I can, you know, do something, right? And, and that does, that's a byproduct for sure. I mean, when you encounter God in that way and you allow the Holy Spirit to, to come upon you in that way, you do get closer to God. You do become better because he's working on us and you do get to do stuff, right? But I think that we miss the part of the being. He just wants us to be a witness in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and then Zora. Now, let me tell you, What is our Jerusalem? You and I have a Jerusalem. Everyone has a Jerusalem, and that is where we live. That is our city. That's what's familiar. That's the people that just live across the street, maybe in our neighborhood. It's something that we're comfortable with. It's the places that we go. And, you know, I had a cousin one time, you know, when we were growing up, she was like, "I'm gonna go and be a missionary over blah blah blah." I don't even remember where it was, and uh, I'm gonna lead thousands of Christ. And I was like, "Really?" Because she would not talk to someone right next door. Like, I mean, the whole time we were growing up, like, she never even invited, never talked to anybody. I'm like, "How is God? You got if you want to go reach the world, you need to start in your city. God wants to use you right where you are at. Our Jerusalem and what is our Judea? Well, maybe a little bit further. It may be, you know, the next town, or guess what? It may be our state." You know, we have over 150 villages in the state of Alaska that do not have a, like, a, a, a pastor or a, even a gospel presence in their village. They may have a, a lay person, like we partner with New Ixit. I've been, I had the privilege of going there a couple of times. It's a village right at the top of our state. There's a church there, and there's a wonderful person, Bernice, that opens it up when she's available to, um, to teach Sunday school. But that church is empty, Right? And, that, and, they're, and, and, and unless someone goes and opens it, there's nothing going on. So, and that, they're lucky they actually have a church. There's other villages that there's no kids program, there's no youth program, there's no one to pray with them when they are like going through stuff. Maybe God's calling you somewhere in our state. I, I really just want to challenge you guys. You know, our state is so big and so, and so different. If you've never, ever, ever gone to a village on a missions trip, please go on a mission. We need to see what's going on in our state. And there, the harvest is ripe. Now, I'm not telling you to go and change and try to make them look like you. When we go to another culture, we are not to try to make them be like us. but We are to present Jesus to them and, and let them... You know, the goal really is to raise up people that are in these villages so that they can go and reach their people for Jesus, because they're going to be more receptive to that than someone from the outside. In fact, you guys can be praying for this. We haven't got to the prayer part, but I get to run the school of leadership here or, you know, get to do, I don't know, run it. I don't know if that's the right word, but there is, for the first time, you know, I told you we got to go to the New Exit. We're bringing a girl named Evie. Everyone say Evie. Yeah, Abby, y'all be praying for her. She's coming from New Wix to do our school of leadership because she believes that God has called her to reach her people for Jesus. That is huge, you guys. She's 18 years old. That's awesome, all right? And so that is what God has called us to do. And sometimes he calls us to even go to Samaria, right? Samaria in the Bible times was not looked on favorably. They were like, ooh, those people think differently. They look differently. They might smell differently. Yes, they might. But God still loves them and sent his son to die for them, and you know that. So he's sending you and I to go and tell these people, and you might not feel comfortable about it. You may have to go and live in a hut with dirt floors and eat bugs. I don't know. But I'll tell you this. Something about God is he's not going to make you do anything first, but if you do end up doing something like going to some place that you're not familiar with, he will give you such a burden and a heart for those people that you will do whatever it takes. Because you know God has, has a mission on your life, and it doesn't matter if you had to eat a bug. <laughs> I mean, that's the least of your worries, you know? Like, I don't know. So just be praying about that. And then, just be praying about eating bugs. I don't know. Uh, and, then, and then the world. Places that maybe you and I have never been. So we have a mission to go across the street, across our state, across our country, and beyond, across geographical boundaries and cultures to reach a world that needs Jesus. Now, we all know there's a mission, so I'm gonna give you some four practical steps of how every single one of us can be a part of what God is doing in the world when it comes to missions. Number one, we can look. We already talked about that. Look around. Let's see what what needs to be done. Ask the Holy Spirit to highlight things for you people things, you know, such and such. We look around. Number two, we pray. We pray for our missionaries because they already said yes, and we can pray and partner with them so that they have the strength to do what God has called them to do. You know, I mentioned that I got to spend a weekend with Pastor Rob's wife, and I don't know if you know this, but uh, some of you think that Pastor Rob is really cool, but it's really Leah. So you've never met his wife. She's amazing. Uh, But they were missionaries to Jordan for 20 years. 20 years. They had kids over there, like crazy stuff. So I was like, Leah, I love mission stories. So I was like, Leah, tell me, you know, some stories. I want to hear some stuff. And she did tell me some crazy stuff. But one of the things that stood out to me, um, cause you know, the next point I forgot to tell you is give, we can partner people with give, but in praying and give, but she was like, no matter what we were going through, God always showed up financially Just when we thought that we were never gonna make it, God always laid us on the hearts of faithful people to give. And maybe that's you. We have this thing right here that you can scan and not only does it have missions trips that we're going on this next, next year but it has our missionaries that we have already partnered with and said we support you as missionaries you can pray for them and when you give in the offering you're actually giving towards that because we've already made a commitment we have a one fund here at true north so everything that we go gets divided up to to different things that we've already committed to do you guys know I think sometimes we we don't realize that even though we're building a building did you guys know that we built five churches in different parts of the world last year not many not many true Norse. we partnered with other people that were already on the ground and partnered with them financially and then sent teams to raise that building with them five that's amazing did you guys know that we gave over four hundred thousand dollars to four missions last year because we don't want to be a church that fossilizes we want to evangelize and not just our city and our state but we do believe in reaching people in the world and you can partner with people by looking around praying for people and giving but another way that you can you can get a part of missions is go do you know that uh, two-thirds of the word God is go (laughs) so he wants us to go and I just challenge you missions will change your life if you've never gone on a missions trip I, I I challenge you don't let make excuses get in the way. And then if you're like, man, there's no way, no way, then give. Because there are people that believe they're supposed to go on these mission trips and they don't know how God's going to fund it. But maybe you'll be the person that partners with them so that they can go to where God's called them to do. So can we do that? Can we let's just be praying this next year that God use us to reach a world for Jesus? Now, I don't know. If you know this but in order to go on mission you need to be part of the team and it's so easy to join team jesus let me just tell you and you know maybe you're one of those people that you came today and you've been searching i don't know you know maybe a friend invited you or maybe you this is the first time you come back in a while you know and god is saying to you and me every day i love you i died for you i want to have a relationship with you so to be a part of the Jesus team all is as easy as A, B, C. A, we admit. Admit that I am falling short of what you want for my life, Lord. I am trying to figure it out on my own, and I can't do it. I admit I need a Savior. I need some help. And B, I believe. That the issue that I have can only be solved by Jesus' sacrifice that he made for us on the cross. He paid it all. He did it all. We are struggling in this life to try to make it work when he's like, I got you. I did it. And then see us confess. Because the Bible says if we believe in our heart and confess our mouths, then we will be saved. That's awesome, right? That's good news. Maybe that's you today. Let me pray with you. God, we do. We thank you so much. Father, that you have a heart for people. And God, that you partner with us to reach a lost and dying world. But God, we first and foremost just thank you. God, we believe that you died on the cross for our sins. God, we know that you are the only way that we will ever find true life and true satisfaction in this life. And then for eternity, God, we believe that. And we confess you today as our Lord and Savior. We're all in, God. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. What a fantastic service. Be sure to stay in touch by following us on social media so you can stay up to date with all that is happening at True North Church.